Hello, and welcome to Gilead. I'm Rebecca Anderson, one of the pastors here. Our theme this month has been key change, stories of shifting, leveling up, and hitting the high notes. Plus, we've been singing playlists featuring all key changes, but you got to come in person for that. On February 19, 2023, our preacher was student pastor Ez Pence, who also absolutely crushed some Nickelback that night. Yeah, Nickelback, come at us. Here's Ez. She's in bed beside me, and that alone is enough to make me just fucking sick. I look over my shoulder, turn my head against the pillow that my hair is staining pink, and see her pile of mountain woman hair. She's turned away from me, sleeping softly. On loop in my head are the words to a Phoebe Bridger song, but like a, I know they're all sad, but like a really sad one. Um, like it was my second most listened to song of that year on Spotify, and when I tell um, other bisexuals with treatment resistant depression that, they're always like, damn, that's a deep cut. Um, so I hear the words to Waiting Room by Phoebe Bridgers on repeat in this cabin somewhere outside of Marquette, Michigan in the dead chill of January. They go a little something like this. I want to be the power ballad that lifts you up and holds you down. I want to be the broken love song that feeds your misery. And I can wish all that I want, but it won't bring us together. Plus, I know whatever happens to me. I know it's for the better. And when broken bodies are washed ashore, who am I to ask for more? But you're breathing in my open mouth. You're the gun in my lips that will blow my brains out. Fucking sad, like truly sad shit. Phoebe, and I promise I will mention Jesus um, as more or just as much as I mentioned Phoebe Bridgers in this sermon. Um, but she wrote this when she was 16 and like notoriously now really hates this song as an adult. And I kind of get that. Like when I read the shit that I wrote at 15, I get it. It's angsty, it's melodramatic, but also I feel like at my core, I'm still that same 15 year old, you know? You can't listen to this song on Spotify anymore, which truly just kind of like kills me inside. Just like the thought of her leaving, this girl in the bed beside me was killing me inside. We'd split a six pack of tall boys and showered and called it a night after driving through Wisconsin to get there. We'd wake up in the morning and visit the town of Marquette, which is, um, I'll do the hand thing, because people love the hand thing. Um, so this is the lower bit, um, this is the upper bit. Um, Marquette's about up here. Um, yeah, she took me up there the next morning, and she took me there that's because that's where Joe Para talks with you, which I would contend is the perfect television show. It's where that takes place. And I was obsessed with it at the time when we were dating, and I still am obsessed with it now. I'm also clearly from Michigan, but rarely get the chance to visit the Upper Peninsula. And also, she had an Airbnb gift card that was just about to expire. She was just simply wild, um, this girl I was dating. She was adventurous and compassionate and tender and intellectual, and she was also the subject of my most fragile and devastating thought, that she would leave to return to the hills where she was from and just forget about me, that I had become attached to something splendorous just for it to be ripped from my fingers, for it to have an expiration date. She was looking for jobs between here and home and was leaning towards going back home, which was just not here. It wasn't in Chicago. It wasn't with me. And I was so just nauseous and upset at the thought of her leaving that I couldn't sleep that night beside her, despite the sheer sedative amount of Pab's blue ribbon I had consumed. And it was on this trip when we were in the hot tub, surrounded by mounds of snow, that she asked me to partner with her. And had I been honest, I, I would have said that I was just desperate for her, for an anchor to tie me to this world. 
for something other than my own experience to make sense of my fractured self, if I was honest, I would have said that. Rather than saying, I need this to last, I just said, okay. So we dated for really like only a month. Uh, we were kind of U-hauling it. We broke up shortly after an intense and frankly legendary Valentine's Day together um, that I can't say much more about lest um, the Baptists in my ordination committee find out. Um, <laughs> but I, I remember the, the walk back home the week after Valentine's Day when we broke up. And I called my sister after um, projectile vomiting on the window of someone's basement apartment to tell her that Sean Kingston was right about beautiful girls and how they'll make you feel. What I had dreaded in the bedroom of the cabin outside of Marquette had just come true. We weren't together. And I can wish all that I want, but it won't bring us together because I know whatever happens to me, I know it's for the better. And there's a series of events that takes place in the book of Matthew. First, Jesus predicts his own death. Then after six days, he takes his closest, Peter, John, and James, up the mountain with him. And there, up on the top of the mountain, he was, the Bible says, transfigured. His face lit up like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. As Moses and Elijah, Moses the writer of the law, and Elijah a prophet appear before him, Peter, disciple as Peter is wont to do, opens his mouth and says to Jesus, it's good for us to be up here. Let's build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. What he means is let's stay in this moment here just forever. Until the voice of God speaks from a cloud and says, this is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And Jesus' friends fall face down, just completely terrified before Jesus tells them to look up, that it's, it's okay, it's safe, it's just him now. And they lift their heads, and all they see is just Jesus. They leave the mountain, and during the long walk back down, Jesus calls to them from, as I see it, the back of the group. I see them walking in this um, contemplative and overwhelmed silence until he speaks, and he says this. Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. Which knowing Peter, um, I know he's just holding his tongue and fighting back the urge to like projectile vomit in a bush at these words. Don't say that, Jesus. Don't let this end, I can hear him think. Don't let this change. This has to stay good, Jesus. You have to stay, Jesus, for it to be good. What they saw on the mountain, this weird bizarre transfigurative moment was just this moment much like in Jesus's baptism where his divinity and also his humanity are fully embodied and visible where Jesus wonderfully and intimately reveals who he is to his closest friends where he is brave enough to be honest with them about who he is and what he feels and then this wonder is bookended by premonitions of tragedy reminders that their time together will end and I think of Peter who wants so badly for things to just last. And I get that, but I want to tell Peter that you can hold something in your hand so tightly that it breaks. I remember. And worrying about the end won't make the moment last any longer. And also just like, listen, Peter, listen. What Jesus says when the Son of God is raised from the dead, this might be an end. It is not the end. And I just wish, when I think about Jesus and Peter in this moment, 
in this moment where things change, I wish that I had just been with that girl in the bedroom in the cabin up in the UP. I wish I had looked at her curls and not felt terrified, but just felt wonder. But now when I look at her, a couple years after our breakup, I do feel wonder. We spent the evening together on Valentine's Day this year, smoking really the, like the gayest spliff I've ever had. It's, it's, it's fruity, it's got lavender in it. Um, just, yeah, I know. Uh, Game-changing rose petals too. Um, just as good friends, as I would feel irreparably lonely without you in my life kind of friends, as we had to date, to break up, to be this kind of good of friends, as just friends. I had to be okay with losing you in order to find you again. I had to hold my hand open and let you leave so you could just stay in my life. And now I hold this friendship in my palm with my fingers uncurled. She is free to go where she wants and my love is free to follow her. I am free to go where I want and her love is free to follow me. I can love her better. We can love each other better with our hands open. We can hold on to a moment of glory or let it unfold and transform into something more wondrous. You can just really wish all that you want, but sometimes it doesn't get, just bring shit together. We can't stay in a moment of glory there forever. We can't build our tabernacles in mountaintop moments or in hot tubs outside of Marquette or whatever that looks like in your life or in the places we used to gather or in the way things used to be. There was always, always, always just that moment. And right now there's just this moment. There's only going forward and forward and forward. Amen.